Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Saturday, August 20th, 2022, and this is day 1614 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise only you and glorify only you, for you are the only one worthy of all the praise and all the glory. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I I ask that you will comfort the brokenhearted and heal the sick and bless those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that they will be good stewards of what you blessed them with. Help us, Father, to always uh, do your will and be obedient unto you. Now, Lord, I ask that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today's message is time to celebrate. (laughs) Time to celebrate and think about where God has brought you from. If you are uh, way out there or even a little bit out there, uh, away from God, uh, his plan for your life, this is also uh, a time to get back on track. That's what the Lord is calling us to do. These are the last days. This is not a time to play around. We need to get back on track and then celebrate what God is doing for us. We're going to be coming out of Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 1 through 18. Talking about the great things that took place after they completed building the wall. Nehemiah instructed them and now Ezra the priest comes upon the scene because God not only cares about, you know, the physical things that we need, he also cares far more about our spiritual well-being. Where are we going to spend eternity is the most important thing at this point of our lives. Uh, once accepting Jesus, that's what it's all about. So let's, t- let's dive in and see what, what uh, the word is sharing with us today. Uh, Ezra, I'm sorry, Nehemiah chapter 8, starting at verse 1. It says, when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. Again, who can understand? Who can understand what the word of God was speaking to them? And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law, which was probably the Pentateuch, uh, which are represent the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. So 
Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood uh, Mattathia, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. And on his left were Padilla, uh, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshalem. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up mm, in reverence to the word of God. They stood up. Ezra praised the Lord the great God and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, uh, Sherebiah, Jamin, Achab, Shebitheah, uh, Hodiah, Messiah, Kalida, Azariah, Jezebed, Hanan, and Paliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so the people understood what was being read. So they had these people there even going deeper and helping the people to get an understanding. You know how you might read the word and it's like, oh, I didn't get that. You know, they were right there to help them to understand what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And you know, when you hear the word of God, it pierces down deep. We can't help but sometimes cry and rejoice. When we hear the word of God, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people saying, be still for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. <laughs> Glory to God. They were celebrating the seven. It was the seven day festival of tabernacles. And this was something that they celebrated uh, in remembrance to God bringing them out of Egypt, delivering them out of Pharaoh's hand. And they, there were certain things that they would do during this time. We're, we're getting ready to read some of it. So he says, do not grieve. Then all the people went away and ate and drank to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. When you get an understanding of whatever it is, it is so enlightening. It's like, aha, uh -huh, now I get it. Now I know what I'm supposed to be doing beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now I know where I'm supposed to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. When we get that understanding from God, oh, there's nothing like it. Verse 13, on the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra the teacher to give attention to the words of the law. 
they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh month, of the seventh month, and that they should proclaim this word and spread it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem, go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olive and wild olive trees and from myrtles, palms, and shade trees to make temporary shelters as it is written. So this was something they did when they were on their journey in the wilderness after leaving Egypt and they built built temporary shelters to live in. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves temporary shelters on their own roofs in their courtyards, yards, in the courts of the house of God and in the square by the water gate and the one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them. You see, they were all one. They were all united. They were all on one accord, and they all did this. Ooh, if we can all get in line and do what God is saying, could you imagine what that would be like? Unbelievable. Un- an amazing and a, and a beautiful um a place to be in where everyone is rejoicing that that's something that's special you know I don't know if you've ever gone to a revival or um, been to a concert where you know it's believers singing the word of God and, and the people just all praising God at once I remember going to a um, conference a uh, woman that are loose T.D. Jake's conference and I remember being in the audience with thousands of thousands, it seemed like, of women. And there was a speaker on stage and they were doing praise and worship before actually the speaker came up. And we were just all in worship. And I mean, it was just the most, uh, I can't have no words, the most beautiful experience being in the presence of God with thousands of people on one accord worshiping God together. It it was just unlike anything I'd ever experienced in my life. And I mean, even if the speakers never spoke, just the praising and worshiping God all in unity like that was amazing. And I left that place changed (laughs) in many ways. And that is something I can hold in my heart in remembrance that always brings me great joy. Any of those things, a revival I went to recently at my sister's church, great joy. You know, hearing the word of God at my church on a regular basis is just amazing. But some there's something about being in a crowd where everybody is worshiping God together like that. Oh. unspeakable joy. And it says, uh, verse 17, the whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this. And their joy was very great. Day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated the festival of seven days. 
and on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. And if you go on and read chapter 9 through chapter 9, the people repented. The, they were backslidden, many of them. They came back to the Lord. I mean, they worshiped the Lord. Oh, my goodness, what a sight to see. Yeah, and you know what? It's still here for us. Glory to God. Point number one, do you ever think about how far you've come in your walk with the Lord? Do you ever think about where you could have been had it not been for God's mercy and grace upon our lives? When you truly think about how much the Lord loves you, you can't help but worship him and praise him. You can't help but glorify him and rejoice over his glorious name. (laughs) For he alone is Lord. He made the heavens, even the highest heavens and all their starry host the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. He gives life to everything and the multitudes of heaven worship him. And that is out of Nehemiah chapter nine, verses five through six. I just made it, changed it to more present. Like they're saying, you know, if you read it yourself and I just made it personal. So, um, Thinking about that and worshiping God for all that he's done for us, you, you, you can't help but celebrate. Point number two, we too get off track sometimes, just as the Israelites did. It's time to repent and get back to what the Lord has called you to do. It's time to get back to studying the word of God and then, then ask yourself, what should I do with this knowledge? How should my life change? We must do something about what we have learned it, it, if it is to have uh, real significance for our lives. Otherwise, we're just going through the motions, people. <laughs> we need to ask those questions and then we need to yield and obey and do what it is God is showing us. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 12 through 13 says, For the word of God is alive and active. And this is how the New International Version of the Bible, okay? Okay, so the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Always remember that there is a time coming where we all will have to give an account for what we've done. It is called uh, the judgment seat of Christ. All believers, once we're caught up to be with the Lord in heaven, there will come a time where we will have to answer to God for what we've done with the gifts he's blessed us with. Did we obey him? Did we did we get that understanding and then take it and do what God called us to do? And then here's the other thing. Those that don't make it to heaven, there's going to be what is called in the book of Revelation, the great white throne judgment. And all those people uh, will be judged for what they did not do and will be cast into the pit of hell. 
we want to make sure that we're on track and that we're doing God's will. And if you've gotten off track, this is your day to repent. And repenting means to say, Lord, I am so sorry. Please forgive me for my sins. Make an about face. Leave that sin and begin to do what God has called you to do. That's it. It's not like you got to go in front of all kind of people and do all this stuff. It's between you and God. (laughs) I know I've had to do it. And I'm so grateful that God has forgiven me. And he is no respecter of persons. He'll do the same for you. I'll never forget. And I I think about my childhood a lot of times and, and how we struggled and it was rough, but, um, you know, we, we had a cohesive family unit for, for what we were dealing with. Um, you know, poverty, stark poverty, you know, um, after my parents divorced and, and my father and he moved on and remarried and, and, uh, have my two younger sisters and, and decided, made a conscious decision to, to not really, uh, be a part of our lives and, uh, n- nor financially supporting us. And, uh, my mother worked, uh, usually two jobs to support us. And so it was, it was really, you know, we had fun as kids, but I grew up pretty quick because I was the one in charge, uh, as the oldest of my four siblings. And I can remember, uh, sitting in a chair one day, I must've been like, I don't know, 10 or between 10 and 12. And we had this fireplace in our house and I didn't know Jesus. I didn't, we didn't grow up, uh, in church at all. (laughs) I I came to know Jesus in my early twenties. And I remember sitting there in tears, rolling down my face, talking to God, saying, God, please help us. Please, you know, help my mother help us to not have to struggle. Lord, why doesn't my father help us? Uh, I I sent, and one of the things I prayed for, and it might sound kind of silly, but (laughs) I was always the odd person out because my two brothers, you know, a year apart, all three of us, my two brothers and me were a year apart and they were always together. And then my two youngest sisters were a year apart and they were always together. So I was always that odd one out. And I always, I said, Lord, please send me somebody for me. (laughs) That probably sounds pretty selfish, but that was the, that was my heart at that age. And you know what? God did. He sent me my husband. (laughs) And we met at the age of 13 and have been together ever since. And I remember that just like it was yesterday. So I must have been around 12, maybe. Uh, But it just blesses my heart to see where God has brought me from. From not knowing him to truly having a deep relationship with him from going from partying and clubbing, (laughs) thinking that was the highlight of my life. And of course, my children were my highlight, the highlight of my life and my husband. But, you know, I was, I was still going down a dead end to a dead end, you know, partying and looking forward to the weekend, drinking, getting high. That, that wasn't, that's not where it's at, but it was for me at that time. And then I, I got introduced to Jesus. Oh my gosh. I was around 23 years old 
I'll never forget it. My life was forever changed. I never looked back. God put me in a place in a church where I was for 27 years. And he, I learned that word. The pastor, Pastor Farina and Sister Farina were the, the best uh, pastors and teachers you could ever have. Uh, and we learned so much. And they taught us how to live uh, for the Lord. And, uh, and then the Lord revealed my gifts. I began teaching little kids and teenagers and adults. I learned that I had the gift of hospitality and grew in that area. I learned that I was a businesswoman, knew how to start a business and run a business. And you know, the very things that I discovered that God showed me back then, I'm still doing right now, 40 years later. I am still doing it, but with a greater understanding, with a greater push and drive and purpose. What about you? What is God showing you? What do you think about it? Remember where God brought you from. It is so exciting and something to rejoice about. It's something to celebrate. It is time for you to celebrate what God has done in your life and don't ever forget it and don't look, don't stop remembering, but I would say this, continue to press forward. Don't let the things that happened that were rough bog you down. Uh, Begin to think about the good things that God has done that always outweighs the bad that has happened in our lives. Oh, glory to God. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That, my friends, is the ultimate. (laughs) Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E, be like boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Please share, share the messages with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community. We're teaching youth, uh-huh. We're teaching them life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, work, I mean, and uh, human and sex trafficking awareness, protecting our youth, teaching them, you know, what this, what the evil is out there trying to entrap them. Uh huh. And God is opening doors for us to be in the schools. And it's on, it's on, it's on. So please support us. We need your support financially. We need your prayers and we need your volunteerism. Whatever God puts on your heart to do, we welcome it. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day. Fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye bye. <music>